Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. We are here in all our resplendent glory. Resplendent <laughs> glory. Nice. That was the original name of the band I was in. Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gone with it at least another couple of seconds. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We are the approach shot. We being me, John Ashton, and he, Neil Michaels. And there you go. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how you and I are still old school when it comes to when stores should start promoting Christmas stuff. Amen. Not at Halloween. No, not sir. Not at Veterans Day. No, sir. Let us have a Thanksgiving for goodness sake and then start. There's been Christmas stuff since Labor Day, man. I know. There was actually a store here that had things competing on one side for Halloween and the other side for Christmas. Two, <laughs> two, two holidays in one. <laughs> it's just bizarre. So I'm glad yeah. that we're at a point where we're through Thanksgiving. Yes. We got to watch football. We got to eat too much. My personal favorite still is give me stuffing. If you give me bread with flavor on it, I'm good no matter what. <laughs> Oh, and the way you describe it, it's so appetizing. <laughs> well, thank you. Nothing if I'm not a chef, right? <laughs> we did something different this year. You did? Normally, it's the whole family gets together. Yeah. But but for various and sundry reasons, that was not possible this year. And I said, you know, there's going to be a total of four of us in this house for Thanksgiving dinner. I don't want to cook for four people. Let's go out. We've never done it before. Never in our 40 years of marriage have we ever Gone out for Thanksgiving dinner, packed up the four people in the car, and we went out for Thanksgiving dinner. Friday, I started kicking myself for making that decision. Why is that? No leftovers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no Good. next day turkey sandwiches. No, no next day, you know, sweet potatoes back together with some more mashed potatoes and gravy. None of that is still around. No. It, no. Stupid idea. Uh, if you want, you can come to my house because we got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know from Louisville to San Diego is a little bit of a hike, but I'm telling you, the stuffing and the turkey sort of have been have been cuddling together for a couple of days now. It could be worth it. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> and so now the pressure begins as for you and me. I know there are other people who have done Amazon lists and they've put things together and uh -huh. it's time to really start honkering down on Christmas. And we've said we're going to cut back. And we say that every year. We're going to cut back this year. We're going to yeah. cut back this year. And then yeah. people start sending the list. My kids who are on the East Coast start sending their list. And it's like, well, apparently they didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> They're not planning on cutting back. But it looks like, thanks to a new sponsor of ours, that we may have like the perfect gift for those people who you always say, I don't know what to get. I'm a dad, you know, somebody who's got everything, a mom who's got everything she needs. Yeah. Like we got something here, don't we? Well, let, let me tell you what I did, because this is a, a sticking point in my house. My wife lives for Christmas and she just goes overboard all mm -hmm. the time. And she keeps telling me all the stuff she's going to buy for people. And I just get more and more depressed because all I hear is cash registers ringing. Cha -ching. And she came to me and she said, what's wrong with you? And I was going to give her an idea of what I wanted to buy for a couple of people. So I, I did this to her. You know let me know what you think. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. She said, John, what's wrong with you? And I just looked at her and I said, 
I don't know, honey. I just, I have of late, but but wherefore I know not lost all my mirth, foregone all custom of exercises. And indeed, it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. This most excellent canopy, the air, look ye, the, the brave were hanging firmament. This majestical roof fretted with golden fire seems to me not but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. You know, what a piece of work is a man, huh? how noble in reason and infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals, and yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me, nor woman neither. Yeah, she looked at me much the same way you are. Uh, it's funny because I said the same thing to my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? What just happened? <laughs> that is a monologue from Hamlet. I, I recognized the, it, believe it or not. Best Shakespeare play ever written. Yes, I would agree. Um, How does that have anything to do with what we were talking about? Well, because one of the things I think we're going to start giving some of the people in my family for gifts this Christmas are memberships to Masterclass. Ooh, I see what you did there. Okay. That's because, a great idea. Because I signed up for Masterclass. Okay. And I am taking an acting class. Excellent. Because I have always been, you know, a, you know, a wannabe thespian, Right. Right. How much do you think it would cost to have a one-on-one? Well, first, I should tell you who I'm taking the class from, shouldn't I? Yes, you should. There are a tremendous number of people it could be. The, in, the instructor for this acting class I am taking is Helen Mirren. Oh, stop it. It is not. No, it is. How much do you think it would cost to get a one-on-one -on -one acting class with Helen Mirren? Thousands. If that little. Right. Guess how much it costs you to get a one-on-one -on -one acting class with Helen Mirren through Masterclass? Thousands. 120 bucks a year. 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks a month. Stop it. And even more better, if you sign up for a class for yourself, no yes. matter what class it is, uh -huh. you will get another one for free that you can give as a gift. Ooh, now that sounds like a Christmas present I could relate to because <laughs> we do, we both, we both have people in our lives that are like, I don't know what to get that person. So you get yourself in your case, an acting class. I definitely mm -hmm. would look to see what else was available for me. Right. And then you get one and give one. Yes. Ooh, I'm exactly. liking this. Exactly. Look at, at all of the topics that are available. You've got somebody who, who, works for a living uh, anywhere. You want to teach them how to get a raise? Well, how about they take a class with Chris Voss? Ooh, like, nice. He's he's one of the instructors at Masterclass. That's incredible. And I know Masterclass has 11 categories and 180 instructors. Yeah. So pick one, pick a category, pick an area. I know when I looked, I want to become a better cook. I'm looking at cooking, at some wine appreciation. I'm looking mm -hmm. at four or five different kinds of classes, but now that you've sort of got me inspired, I'm going to do this like this week. If you get one, you give one. So yes. this holiday season, you give one annual membership and you get one free at masterclass. 
com slash approach. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and it's right now. You can get two memberships for the price of one. Let's put it that way if you'd rather. Okay. At masterclass.com slash approach. Say it again. again. Masterclass.com slash approach. Offer terms apply. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-683-3822. 800-683-3822. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-683-3822. 800-683-3822. And thanks for hanging and coming back. We are The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. I am Neil Michaels. And I have to tell you that that my heart beats a little stronger today because uh, with us today is an old friend. He has done things in his career that some of us that, that got into this business only dream of. And by that, I mean, you know, selling mugs out of his house. Um, <laughs> it's Mark. Thompson is with us now. Yes, thank Mark you. Thompson. Thank you. I brought my own applause. Thank you. Hey, yeah. Did you? Uh, Let's hear it. Oh, did that not come through? Nothing. No, no, did not. not. Oh, okay. okay. Never mind. You brought uh, the me. mugs. I have to tell you, uh, you're right. It's sort of like uh, this is my from my merch site. I've got a merch site, getmarkmerch.com. And so I have to surround myself with all the merch stuff. So there's like a tote bag and you, there's a throw pillow. Can you see it behind me? And then, of course, the mugs mm-hmm. are the big thing. So that's who, uh, who, who had two minutes on the pool that he was going to start schlepping his stuff. Well, I, I <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was pretty. And, and by the way, that is a new record. I've never done that on another show. I just felt I would take advantage of this show. That is a complete 100 percent lie, because I watched you on KTLA on the show where you were explaining how things went at KGO and how it's going to be a YouTube thing. All right. They asked you how you were going to make money. And you said, I'm going to be selling my merchandise. And you went into like two or three minutes of it. So well, they those- asked, I believe about the merch, but you're right. Then I did lie. And I hope to make that the first of many lies that I will perpetrate <laughs> here. In the next few minutes. And feel free to call them all out. I like okay. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for those of you who are listening and going, Mark Thompson, Mark Thompson, and that voice sounds familiar. Mark has been the voice of American Idol. So you think you can dance. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? The simple life. Don't forget the lyrics. He's also the vocalist on So You Think You Can Dance. You sang that? I don't remember that. I I think they're giving me credit for something I didn't do. I don't recall it. I must tell you, there are whole chunks of my career I don't recall. So it, 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 uh, it's conceivable oh, that's a typical that I did. Radio dude, man. I don't know. I mean, it's conceivable, but I suspect it's not accurate. Okay. I did. I was the voice of You Think You Can Dance. I was the voice of yeah. Don't Forget to Lay, all that other stuff. But I don't remember singing on it at all. We're almost at 100 shows now. And I have to tell you that probably 10, 15% of them, I'll do the research and they'll say, no, that's Wikipedia and that's wrong. 
it is weird that uh, the web is populated by stuff that is utterly concocted. And also, to be fair to the web, the name Mark Thompson yeah, is shared by a lot of people, like the mm -hmm. guy who runs CNN now, did run the New York Times before that. And, you know, there's another radio DJ, KLOS in Los Angeles named Mark yeah. Thompson. So it's possible that some of that stuff washes over, you know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, for those of you in San Francisco or L.A., you know the, the voice very well. While Mark was on K-Ron, it, it, is it K-Ron or K-R-O-N? K-R-O-N, they called it. K-R-O-N. Yeah. Um, the NBC affiliate in San Francisco, he became the weatherman there. And you created the wildly popular neighborhood weather, which once I read it, I thought, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, well, that's you're nice to say. This is pre, believe it or not, because the 80s, free email. And I was looking for a way to connect with the audience and to kind of create a back and forth dynamic of the audience. So I did a lot of stuff like this, meaning to try to connect with the audience. I asked the audience to write in, tell us about your neighborhood, maybe take a couple of pictures and we'll come to your neighborhood and we'll do the weather live from your neighborhood. It was really a remote. And now you see a lot of this, but at the time it was unheard of. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in the Bay area, you're going vast distances. You know, you've got to go to the East Bay, you're on the Bay bridge and it, it sometimes takes like an hour and a half to get to wherever. But when you got there, it was always great. I mean, it really was really fun. And it became this franchise, Neighborhood Weather. And it was picked right. up, I think, by other stations along the way. And it was used, Neighborhood Weather was kind of used as a trademark. But yeah. it was started just that way, by asking the audience to write in. And they would. And it, and it was an extraordinary thing. It was a lot of fun. Took that. And then you went to L.A., where you became the dancing weatherman. Right. <laughs> and everything I've heard about that. You just kind of were messing around one day, doing a few moves, and it turned into this thing. It became a phenom, and you're right. It became this thing that I hadn't planned on, but I'll tell you guys the real truth about it. Okay. It was born of resentment. And here's how it was. Okay, what isn't? Yeah, right. Thank you. The great, the great ideas, uh, John. You, you know, are born of resentment. So Fox, Rupert Murdoch, bought a bunch of stations in different markets. So he had two stations, and in Los Angeles, he had a Channel 11, which was the Fox-owned and operated station. Yeah. And Channel 13, which had been this station owned by a company called Chris Craft, he bought that station as well. So now Fox owns Channel 11 and Channel 13. I was on Channel 11. So they merged the two. Slowly, everything came together. And they asked me to start doing the weather on their Channel 13 station. Now, the weather on that show goes on because our show is 10 to 11. Their show is on 11 to midnight. So I'm not getting out of there till midnight now. And they're not paying me anymore for doing it. So I was not happy about it. I mean, I didn't, I grumbled under my breath, but I didn't, you know, I'm just not that kind of employee who's sort of like going, no way, I won't do it. That's just not me. So I did it. But that resentment was stewing in me, right? <laughs> so they were more of a rock and roll show. It was less traditional. Kind of the Channel 11 show I've been doing, they kind of was a traditional thing. The anchors go, here's Mark Thompson with the weather, Mark. I guess there's some rain this weekend. You know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. But on the Channel 13 show, they played some like cool music, like just the same music they played, but it was kind of like upbeat rock and roll sort of thing. And they had an animation, spinning animation, and they just come to me at the map. So I told the director, hey, when you come to me, just leave the music up. That music you play, just leave it up. Leave it up for the first 30 seconds or so. 
And so I started with the dancing just to that music. And then the next, and there was a great reaction, like immediate people go, oh, this is great. I've never seen anything do this. Because again, no one was doing that on the news anywhere in America at the time. Now you see people dancing the morning shows. It was none of that back then. I then the next night said, I actually picked some music and I had some music there and it was more hip hop ish. And which I thought would be funny because I'm so not hip hop when you look right. at me, you know, fade this up in the middle. I asked the audio guy and I told the director. And so we, so out of nowhere, we just faded up and that allowed me to get some weather information out, like the serious, like informational part and then fade up to, and it, the phones just lit up. People loved it. I mean, it really became a sensation to the point that I had different music and the more awkward, the more gangster, the music, the funnier it was, you know, um, <laughs> And then it was picked up by the national media, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and it was extraordinary. And then during like Santa Ana winds or flooding or whatever, I wouldn't do it because it's just too serious a weather situation to do that. And the phones would light up going, how come Mark didn't dance? I'm thinking, are you kidding? <laughs> there's, there's major loss of life here, potentially. That's the reason. But people wanted their dancing. You know, it's the only t- reason I tune in is to see Thompson dance. <laughs> That's how it happened, though. It was born truly of me just hating the fact that I had to stay there till midnight. Can I tell you a weatherman story? I, you're Please. guys both Southern Californians, so you may not be able to relate to this. But during the wintertime, whenever the weather forecast calls for any amount of snow, notoriously Kroger shelves are empty of bread and milk. A good friend of mine was doing weather on, on the NBC affiliate here in town, and he does the 6 o'clock and the 11 o'clock. And, of course, he he goes home for dinner in between. On his way home for dinner one night, his wife called him and said, John, would you stop and get some bread and milk? So he only had an hour to get home from Louisville to Indiana and eat and then get back to Louisville. So he was in a rush. He pulled into the parking lot at Kroger, ran in and brought bread and milk and started a panic because the weatherman's <laughs> buying bread and milk. That must mean, right, that the snow's coming. It's the end of the world as we know it. That's great. That's yeah. really great. Well, the interesting thing that I found after looking at this, when I first came to town and I heard this and some of our friends were like, you have to see Mark, you have to watch him do this. By the way, your moves, a little uninspired, but just, you know, <laughs> just saying. And, and I you don't think I should put, be on, so you think you should dance. Right, exactly. Uh, right. Here's a dancing weatherman in Seattle. Here's a dancing weatherman in Topeka. There yeah. are dancing weathermen now all over the country. But here's the thing that got me the most of the six or seven clips that are still sitting on the internet, easy to get Mark Thompson, dancing weatherman. You have hundreds of thousands of views, seven, eight, 900,000 views on just those six or seven clips. You must easily have millions and you're still, and you're yet you're still schlepping your mugs from behind you. Well, I'll tell you, this literally is the first I've heard that there are that many views on that yeah. stuff. I didn't post that stuff. That's posted by other people, so I don't have a dollar from that stuff. I love that people got the word, and I also it, people always would send me links going, "Look, this guy's doing this now too." In mm-hmm. as you say, in Toledo, in wherever, it was fun to sort of have this spontaneous thing happen and to see it as a contagion, you know, that just took off all over the country. But I don't know. I didn't. Post that stuff. I don't get a dollar for it. It's a shame. I should have thought of you know. Again, right. I just yeah, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. It may not be too late. It may <laughs> not be. Hey, why don't we take a quick break and let him uh, let let y'all just do a few internet searches for Mark Thompson, the dancing weatherman. There but make go. sure you come back because we're going to be back in just a little bit right here on the approach shot. 
Have you ever tried to buy gold and silver and felt like you were talking to a used car salesman? That's because the precious metals industry is like the Wild West. Salesmen can say pretty much anything or make any promise they want without repercussion. But Genesis Gold Group is different. They're a faith-driven Christian precious metals company and believe in educating their customers, not pressuring them for a quick sale. Genesis Gold Group focuses on customer service, not sleazy marketing. Genesis Gold Group is named after the first book of the Bible for a reason. Proper stewardship of wealth is their specialty. Find out why they've earned a 5 out of 5 rating through the Better Business Bureau and how they can help you secure your wealth or retirement through physical precious metals. Call right now to learn more. 800-239-6987. 800-239-6987. And here we are, just as promised, back again. I'm John Ashton. And by the way, I get I get confused, Mark, too. People keep asking me, how was it playing in in uh, Beverly Hills Cop? I'm not that John Ashton. I keep telling people, you know, not that John Ashton. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Neil Michaels, and I have absolutely no dancing and no television background at all. John has a Hollywood look. I'll say that he does, doesn't he? Yeah. He wanted to go that way. I mean, you know, yeah. And well. and let's face it, Mark. For those people who are watching on YouTube, John has the best hair of anyone I've ever oh, seen. Gorgeous. It really is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. could run my fingers, never mind. We won't go there. Wow. <clears throat> hey, um, you to 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 him, I'm not sure yeah. I want to be involved <laughs> right. in this, man. This is why it's good that we're all in different places. So I want you to tell the story because even if people aren't radio people, they totally will get what happened to you the last day at KGO. Well, it was, I mean, this is a story that was bizarre a little bit. Bizarre because this is a station you just need to know if you don't know KGO, a legendary station populated by legendary hosts. I mean, I was really honored to be on it. So this is a station in San Francisco, huge reach across Northern California, across the Pacific Northwest, you know, south into Southern California. People said that they picked the station up in Hawaii and across the West, et cetera. So it was that kind of powerful station. But obviously, as the internet developed and evolved and, you know, it chewed into KGO's audience, but still audience uh, came to KGO for news talk. And you just need to know, this is a legendary station with a legacy of the sort that I just described to the market and to listeners. I was on the station for about three and a half years and other hosts were there for uh, longer, but I get a call just uh, maybe seven minutes before we're supposed to go on. And it's from the general manager and the program director together. And they'd never called me together. So I, I knew it was bad. Right. And they said, we have some bad news. Uh, this is the last day for KGO, I think they said, or something like this. We're going to, KGO is going away. Maybe they said it that way. And they they seem legitimately distraught over it, and I of course was devastated by it, and the audience were, you know was going to be. And they said, and here's what we want you to do. And I and we had like a brief conversation, like maybe a minute about why, and you know, isn't there another way, et cetera? And they said, but here's what we need you to do today. And it's a sad day, but we'll need you to go on as you do uh, right after the news, and we can't have any mention of this before you um uh before you sign off and you'll do your show until a quarter after the hour and at exactly a quarter after the hour you will give the station id and that's it i said really you don't want to say 
anything about this. It's kind of a big deal. And you have a real legacy in this market. I mean, it's it's sort of unfair to the audience, which has shown you loyalty through the years. They said, no, we thought about this. We know we're going to take a hit. We know we're going to endure some bad publicity because we're going away and we just need to tear the Band-Aid off. And I said, yeah, but you can't we just tear that? This is kind of a frantic conversation I'm having now. It's like five minutes before I go on. And I say, look, I can play it as a positive, you know, and I'll say, hey, there's a new uh, beginning here at KGO. I said, uh, but you've got to tell the audience that you're going away. Just I'm just giving the idea and that there's no explanation. And all of a sudden, what? Something, some new station comes on. They said, again, Mark, I, I, we understand this. We had long conversations about this. Please, you'll just do it the way we've said. You'll be on for 15 minutes and then boom, and we want to do your normal show. Please don't indicate anything to the audience. I did what they asked. I was kind of in a fog about it. And I'm, they also said, don't say anything to anyone, the producer, the news person. This is, you know, they'll find we're having a meeting. They were really obsessed with no one knowing about it ahead of time. I mean, clearly, they're talking to me like right before I go on. So they wanted, to, even I was like the last minute. So we go on. I forget what the hell we talked about. Some crap like, you know, it's National Donut Day or one of those things. You know what I mean? It was r- really ridiculous or maybe a couple of headlines. And then they called the producer and news person out of the studio. I didn't know this, but Kim even said on the air, my news person, I don't know, I'm being called. I said, just go ahead, do whatever you've got to do. And I think that you actually hear uh, on our in our last few minutes, which are posted on YouTube, et cetera. And then I did what they asked. You know, it was a real crisis in my mind because I thought this is so unfair. And these guys don't realize this. We're going to get insane blowback for not telling the audience, not right. leveling with the audience. Mm-hmm. There's no downside to telling the audience this. Right. But I did what they asked and I just gave the ID. That was it. And then they started for four days or three and a half days running music related to gaming and gambling and money and they became a sports gambling gaming station that's all that they run with syndicated programming the fact that they turned this legendary news station news talk station into a sports gaming station in a state that doesn't allow sports gaming (laughs) makes even less sense Yeah, there was gaming on the ballot when they were doing this, to be fair. Maybe they thought it was going to pass, although all the polling suggested that it wasn't going to pass. And maybe it'll pass eventually. They'll legalize gambling. But this is the kind of thing that happens in broadcasting generally now because a whole bunch of stations are owned by one entity. In this case, it was Cumulus. And they're, you know, I think they're headquartered in Atlanta, whatever. And KGO, Mm -hmm. despite its legendary status, is just one more station. Then they just look at X's and O's, you know, bottom line and go, hey, look, we can fire all these producers, call screeners, board ops, hosts, save all this money, run syndicated programming out of New York or wherever it comes from. And then that's it. And if they had local ownership, the station would still be on the air. I'm 100% sure of that. I I bring this up because your career has been so incredible. And and again, as as a friend following you with Idol and with with the television that you've done. So I think about what happened with KGO and it's so unusual, but not as unusual necessarily as say, oh, I don't know, being the guy who worked on Celebrity Daredevils (laughs) with Robbie Knievel, who had at one point jumped over a portion of the Grand Canyon. At some point, he jumped o- over an oncoming train, but you were the guy who was the announcer when Fox ran this and they didn't do a jump. So they asked you to fill for an entire hour 
knowing he wasn't going to do a jump. That was wild, by the way. Uh, you're so lovely, first of all, to remember this stuff so fondly. It really was a <laughs> wild time when these type things, these daredevil things, it wasn't that long ago, it doesn't feel like to me, but I guess. Right, doesn't. But, but the industry changes and taste change or whatever, but everybody came to the set and watched this daredevil type things. We did that celebrity daredevil live with uh, Angie Everhart and Dennis Rodman and that stuff still out there. It was, that was wild. And then this Robbie Knievel stuff. So the Knievel stuff was, I mean, that was real. I mean, he, he was jumping from one ramp to the other and he did a building to building jump, which I love, which you can find, I think on YouTube, it, it, that was my favorite jump he did. But the one that was in the grand Canyon was hit by bad weather okay so it had snowed the night before and they set up this kind of mini village <laughs> with all of these trucks and we all slept out there and we were there for a few days and then the storm hits and it snowed just like a blanket of snow like not a ton of snow but maybe but a dusting might maybe what you call it and they cleaned off the ramps and they tried to dry out the ramp so he's got a takeoff ramp and a landing ramp right we're about a half hour out before the show goes live again so it's like 4.30, it goes live at 5. The network executive comes to me and he says, Robbie feels that the ramps are too wet to go with the jump safely. Because if he accelerates on that ramp and the wheels don't take, you know, because of whatever moisture is there, it, he won't make the gap and he'll die. And, <laughs> and uh, that would be good TV, but would not... <laughs> Well, if he if he doesn't jump, the show is going to die. So. Yeah. John's thinking uh, like an executive, right? Well, he dies, but on the positive side, I mean, I feel bad for him. The good news is, Positively, man, the ratings. Yeah, there'll be a lot of buzz about this. Um, the executive said, so he's decided not to jump. He said, but we're going live, and you can't say that he is not going to jump because if you say he's not going to jump, no one will watch. Right. He said, but he said, I don't want you to say that he is going to jump because if you say he is going to jump, that's a lie. Cause I've just told you he's not going to jump. And then he paused. I never forget the moment. There's like a beat. He looks at me and he taps me on the side of my, like right here. He went, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But here is the amazing part of this. The show did a 25 share. I ran into the head of, so he didn't jump. Okay. There were, mm -hmm. it was weird. We did all these things, all the roll-ins you were going to do. Like if he goes too far in the jump, it, he'll end up like this. If he goes too short in the jump, they had all that stuff pre-done, all the animation and everything. So all that stuff ran. I remember the most challenging thing was right before the end of the show, like 10 minutes before we're about to go off, which is when he would normally jump. We have a shot of Knievel in his trailer and it's just a it, slowly the camera zooms in on him. And I remember thinking, uh, what do I say? Because I can't. So I said, um, I said, there it is. The face of Robbie Knievel. One can only imagine what's going through his mind right now. We'll be back. So I don't, I don't really, you know, didn't really commit one way or the other. And then he came on, explained why he wasn't going to jump. But I remember running into the president of ABC at some wrestling event. It was a weird thing later that week. After we've been on, he said, he said, that was amazing. He said, you guys did like basically a weather report talking about how the conditions were changing. And then he said, and you guys still did a 25 share. So that's just amazing. It, it can yeah. happen. Yeah. It, it was wasn't like you great. were in front of, you know, like Al Capone's vault or anything like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was Al Capone's vault ish, though, I have to say. Yeah. I think the thing that's amazing about that is it's almost like the KGO thing gave you training for that. 
okay, yeah. we're going to do something. We don't want you to say this particular thing. We want you to basically tread water for a little while and then keep our fingers crossed and hope it works out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, it's interesting that you put it that way. And then I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's true. I mean, it's just weird. The, the business is odd and you, you have to just bite your tongue on some things and, and, you know, and smile and go through with it. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what you're going to feel like next when we do the six pack for Mark Thompson, two-time Emmy award winner, Mark Thompson, multiple golden Mike award winner, Mark Thompson, but none of that prepares you for the six pack. <laughs> And we will be right back with it, too. See if he can ad-lib his way through this one. There you go. Yeah, the approach shot. Hang up. Come back. Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-441-9109. You'll receive a tax deduction and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-441-9109. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-441-9109 to donate your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts. And we are back with Mark Thompson. You ready for a six-pack? I guess. Six-pack. What we do with a six-pack is I ask you questions. Six of them, hence the name. We fire them off at you as quickly as possible. We ask you to give us your very first thought. No thinking Uh about it. No hemming and hawing. If you do, you'll hear me go, because frankly, we're too cheap to buy an actual buzzer. (laughs) Uh, Before we do the six pack, you said you had a, you had a a story though. Oh, well, I have a, I feel like I'm duty bound to provide some golf uh, anecdote which it I will provide a, quickly because it's a it's, golf show. It's why we call it a golf-flavored podcast. It's it's yeah. not necessary. But yes, if you have a golf oh, okay. story, for goodness sake, please tell it. I was working in San Francisco at uh, KRON, uh, mm-hmm. to which we've referred in, earlier in the conversation. Yep. I was kind of a higher-profile personality in town, which is important because it explains why I get this call one day. And it's from the people who run the Pebble Beach Golf Tournament. Uh, that time, I think it was called the AT&T Classic. I don't know what it's called now. They said, hi, Mark. There's a major league pitcher that was scheduled to be in a foursome for the Pro-Am. He can't make it. And someone suggested that we call you. And I wondered if it's possible for you to fill in. It's a, I forget, you know, she described how many days you'd have to be there, whatever it was. And I said, wow, I'm just blown away by the request. I mean, I know that's a legendary tournament. And I said, I I must tell you, I I don't really play golf. And she said, well, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, there are a lot of people who are not that good. We play closest ball or something. You probably understand all this stuff where you play closest. So you'll, you'll be, yeah. And, uh, I said, well, okay, hold on one second. Cause I thought, oh my, on the inside, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is huge. You know, (laughs) I've watched this. There are a lot of celebrities there. It's going to be amazing. I can't believe these people are calling me. This is outstanding. Yeah. So I put them on hold and I turned to the sports guy 
And I said, hey, if I eight hours a day worked with a pro, because this tournament is not for about five weeks, I think it was, could I get good enough to at least not embarrass myself? If I, I mean, I'm telling you, that's all I did <laughs> all day is take these classes with a pro to not embarrass myself and uh, play a golf tournament and not embarrass myself. I didn't mention, I don't think that the, he, and he said, absolutely not. No way. It takes a, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's really hard to learn golf, to get even anywhere in the neighborhood of acceptable. He said, it would be, it would be awful. I said, I said, really? I mean, even if he said, no, you cannot do it. So I go pick up the phone again. And I said, Hey, I just don't think I can do it. I, I, I just don't play, you know? And she said, again, you don't need to. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I mean, unless there's a windmill going by and I hit the little <laughs> you know, cup, that's the only golf I've really ever played. And I, I said, it, it breaks my heart because I know what a, a prestigious event this is, but I, yeah. I just can't join you. So that is as close as I've ever come to a major golf event. You came on here and your golf story is about not playing golf. <laughs> I felt I needed some story related that, to golf. That's, that's your as close thread. As I can come. Yes. That's your thread. Yeah, it's sorry. Like me going on a weather forecast with you and saying, "Hey, I think I just felt a breeze come through the room." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's quite like that, but it's all right. Not, it's not at all like that. Uh, all right. Six pack. Are you ready? Okay, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Go for it. Question 1. If you could have a beer and talk with anyone at any time in history about anything, who would it be and why? Oh my God, that's uh, look at you thinking. What did Albert I tell Einstein? You? I would say Albert Einstein. Really? Yeah, I think that that guy was amazing. I think he was a brilliant mathematician, um, philosopher, had a vision of the universe, had a vision of society, had a vision of culture. I think he'd be a fascinating guy just to talk to, since you can just talk to him in your hypothetical. Yeah, I, I think that would be really fascinating. And he's someone from the modern age. So someone said, well, I'd like to talk to Julius Caesar. And like, uh, what are you going to talk to Julius Caesar about? You know what right. I mean? I, I, so I, I like I like Einstein. He's close enough to what where we are in the modern age that I feel I could speak with him. I like that. I like that. And this, this is how we can tell that you grew up in news and talk and things that are headier than sports because most people when we ask that would say babe ruth there oh that's go. interesting yeah 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 yeah. question two which one idol contestant do you remember rooting for and who did you root against i really rooted for adam lambert i thought adam lambert was a phenom and is a phenom he totally is adam lambert for those who don't know had a because i didn't know it at the time had this career, small C on career. He wasn't a big star at all, but in musical theater. So, you know, all of these people came from different backgrounds. And as Idol evolved, you found people who were already playing small clubs or had a band already. So it's not as though these people are just getting dis discovered in, uh, in some rural town in Oklahoma. They right. all, you know, now it might have been a rural town in Oklahoma, but they had a band there already type thing. Right. And so Lambert came out of this musical theater thing. But I just felt as though he had so much range and he could blow the back off the place if he had to with power or he could play it small i thought he was brilliant and i'll remind everybody he actually didn't win he finished second but that was the guy i thought wow i really want him to win there was no one i rooted against that's the truth i literally never rooted against anyone on idol i mean oh is that true because been, as a viewer there are a lot of people i rooted against there were uh people who i mean were you know i guess Maybe more difficult personalities, certainly in the <laughs> auditions you root against them. <laughs> yeah. 
but yes. actually, once they made it, once you get to the ten, I was kind of I I never really voted against it. You were excited the, about William Hung. <laughs> at least he had a a shtick. You know he what I mean? Had a shtick. That um, is true. I used to sit with Simon in the audio booth sometimes during the rehearsals and watch the rehearsals because that's what they would do. They'd what uh, Simon did anyway. I don't know what the I don't know at that time. It was early on in the first four seasons. It was Randy, Simon, and Paula. I don't mm-hmm. know what Randy and uh, Paula did, but. Simon and I would sit there in the uh, and and watch the rehearsals, and that was kind of fun to see people who you know were great in rehearsal but didn't really hit the ball when it came to the the big time when we were on live, or people who were uh, really great in both or whatever. It was it was it was a cool time. Idol is a fascinating phenomenon; it still continues, uh, right? Absolutely is. Yep. Yeah. Question three: You have one of the great voices in broadcasting. I say that as a brother, but I also say that as somebody who you know loves your voice. You. If you could pull an Ursula from Little Mermaid and trade voices with somebody for a day, who would you trade with? Well, I'll tell you who I think is amazing with a voice is um, it's Keith David. He's the I want to make sure I didn't get it. Uh, Keith David is a guy who um, is an actor. And if you can, you can Google him and he, I can't even do an impression of his voice. He has a oh. he has a kind of a. He has a low end with a a texture to it that's fascinating. And he's so talented. He was in a movie, The Thing. He plays opposite Kurt Russell in The Thing. That's an old movie. But yeah. he's he he was in um the Ben St- uh is it the Ben Stiller movie with um Night something about museum? Mary. Something about oh, Mary. Something he about was Mary. in that. Sure. Okay, so watch that movie. He plays the father, Mary to Marky Post, I think is the mother. Anyway, yeah. Keith David has a great voice. I would trade with him. I think it's just a, it, it's, it's a delicious voice. It okay. really is. I love that. Yeah. yeah the very white of, of speaking. Thank you. Okay. Question four, who have you never interviewed, but are dying to? Oh, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a, a lot of people, uh, there are a bunch of people who are, um, you know, Pulitzer prize winners and columnists that I'd like to get on. Uh, I, I just great thinkers. I, I'd, um, I don't even know where to start. I'll tell you somebody who I thought I can, and and I may still get. I'd like to talk to Bob Costas. I think really? Bob Costas is a really smart guy. He's mm-hmm. seen so much. He's reported from the Olympics. He's reported uh, and and done a play by play baseball. Has been true. He could do all sports, right? Football, baseball, etc. Yeah. If I could book him on my show. I really would love it. And I've been trying to, and will continue to try. We had him on KFI in Los Angeles, and I thought that would be the way that I get him over to my show. So it may still happen. But I think Costas, I'm a broadcaster, so I maybe cheat toward broadcasters, but I feel as though he would really, he's seen more with all the stuff he's done from Olympics to baseball, through all the various controversies. I think he'd be a fascinating conversation. You know, I think that is an incredible choice i i've never been a huge fan of his strangely because i think sometimes he talks over the audience's head Mm -hmm. i'll tell you just this this is a you and me talking nobody else is listening to this part i wanted to get charlie steiner on he was into it and said i love the idea but i don't play golf so we kind of like let it go and the only person we've ever had on that doesn't play golf is you and it's because you said, it's kind of funny that I don't play golf. It's kind of a thing. We could actually make a thing about it. So now it opens up a conversation with guys like Charlie Tell Steiner. Tell Steiner that but, I did it. Yeah. That's that right. right. Thompson said, listen, 
yeah. we could do this and we could actually make a bit about it. Yeah, so Charlie, if I can do it, you can certainly do it. I mean, you've got a lot more to talk about. Well, Charlie Steiner's amazing talent, too. You're yeah. right. It's sort of uh, an adjacent to Costas, so I can see why exactly. the two would connect. Yeah. Yep. Question five. Your YouTube videos, this is Dancing Weatherman, has hundreds of thousands of views, as I said, and I'm guessing it's probably closer to a million. What gimmick are you cooking up now to get more viewers <laughs> or the Mark, of the Mark Thompson show on YouTube? I do need a gimmick. I need, you need a gimmick. I do. I don't have anything right now. And I'm troubled by the fact that I don't. But it's very funny you should say this because people are saying to me who have been in the YouTube universe for a while, uh, listen, uh, we're seeing the numbers on the Mark Thompson show begin to creep up. It, what's going to happen is you just keep doing it and one day it pops something and really I, I think you need that special sauce or something like the dancing weatherman but yeah. i don't know what it is yet and so i don't i wish i could tell you and i would welcome the opportunity to share it with you but i don't right now all i've got is the mugs and <laughs> the, the merch yeah. yeah i mean uh that doesn't seem to be getting the job done so well you know what right now the mugs and the merch are behind you Yes. I think maybe your bit could be using the mug, wearing a hat, wearing an apron, something like that. Or, you know, if you're really digging this whole golf idea now that you're into it, you could do some golf swings while you're there, get a golf club and show people how really terrible you are. <laughs> and maybe that'll do it. There are monogrammed golf, as you know, golf uh, balls I could get. Maybe yeah. that's a new piece of merch that I should look into. Yeah. I just found my yesterday, actually, just funny. I'm going to, uh, I guess I don't have it. Um, I found shots. This is so coincidental of me on a golf course, hitting out of a sand trap, but I was mm. with my girlfriend in my, at, in Hawaii on the big Island okay. and I was just messing around, but it would have been fun to, in this moment, have it available, but I don't, I'm sorry. I've let you down yet again. Yep. And, and I think maybe one other idea since you were the dancing weatherman uh-huh and since we know you sang on so you think you can dance uh-huh maybe you could become the singing newsman uh that feels like a one-off to me but it might it might work again you could have listeners maybe send in what song they wanted you to sing oh that that's a thought uh kind here of... is uh here is the shot that i wanted for you oh you see me. Yeah, in see, a look golf, at that. You I'm actually look like you know what you're doing. I know the backswing looks kind of, you know, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. it's only a still picture. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Keep the gimmicks coming. I'll take yeah. any and all. There you go. This is the longest six pack there's ever been. Oh, is that sorry? And finally, that. question six. We ask this to everybody who comes on the show. Since we are the approach shot, Mark Thompson, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? embrace resentment my friends it will be your friend no i uh <laughs> look what it did for you don't yes i would say don't live with it though it's uh don't take it all too too seriously uh, i i'm just being honest i don't have a life philosophy mm -hmm. but um i'm pretty good to everybody i mean if somebody says well wow, mark thompson was a real jerk to me that had to be a moment because i think i'm pretty good to everybody to my detriment but um I don't know if that that served me well. So maybe that's not a good, that's not good life advice. You know, maybe you shouldn't be good to everybody, but I think I've been fairly cool to everybody, you know? So, I mean, I, I've just lived that. It hasn't been deliberate. It's just sort of, who you know, the way I'm wired, but there, you know. there you go. 
Mark Thompson, you are, it felt like a self-serving comment there, but that really was, is the truth. You are off what turned out to be not a hot seat at all, not even close to hot. That was lukewarm at best. If you're in a position where a, now I'm the host again, two things I want you to do. One, for all of the people in San Francisco and Los Angeles and on the West Coast, what they don't understand on the West Coast is by putting a K in front, they take the most fun letter out of the alphabet for an announcer. So I want you to give me the call letters of your Buffalo television station. The call letters were WKBW, WKBW Buffalo. W is a strong, strong letter. And I cannot let you off the show without doing the intro for Idol. The intro to Idol got a little something behind it. I'll I'll share it with you. The intro to Idol had a pause in it that I started and that Seacrest stole. (laughs) And here it is. It was um, last night. They sang their hearts out. Tonight, one goes home. Who stays? Who goes? Find out next. Live. On American Idol. So the lot, but this pause between live and on American Idol, I put that in there and now Seacrest does it. Loved having you here. How can people find the show on YouTube? It's the Mark Thompson show. You can just find it on YouTube. Put in the search, the Mark Thompson show. We do a lot of politics, but we also do other stuff and fun stuff. I had an author on today, but there's definitely some heavy stuff. We talk about, you know, a lot of the heavy stuff going on in the world, but it's, uh, it's talk, it's like KGO radio. I took the radio show from the radio to YouTube, but it's the Mark Thompson show. And from that, you'll, uh, you'll find all things. Mark, <laughs> thanks so much for being with us. On, I on love the seeing you, man. Shot. It really was great. Let's do it again soon. Indeed. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. <laughs>